1: As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. O Sovereign Lord, Creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David your servant, saying, Why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. In fact, this has happened here in this very city. For Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. And now, O Lord, hear their threats. And give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. All the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own so they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them, because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. For instance, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, He was from the tribe of Levi, and came from the island of Cyprus. He sold a field he owned, and brought the money to the apostles. Chapter 5 But there was a certain man named Ananias, with his wife Sapphira sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Then Peter said to Ananias, Why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Everyone who heard about it was terrified. Then some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, and took him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, was this the price you and your husband received for your land? Yes, she replied, that was the price. And Peter said, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the Holy Spirit of the Lord like this? The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door and they will carry you out too. Instantly, she fell to the floor and died. When the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what had happened. The apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's Colonnade. But no one dared to join them, even though all the people had high regard for them. Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord, crowds of both men and women. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. The high priest and his officials, who were Sadducees, were filled with jealousy They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. Then he told them, Go to the temple and give the people this message of life. So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple as they were told, and immediately began teaching. When the high priest and the officials arrived, they convened the high council, the full assembly of the elders of Israel. Then they sent for the apostles to be brought from the jail for trial. But when the temple guards went to the jail, the men were gone. So they returned to the council and reported, The jail was secretly locked with the guards standing outside. But when we opened the gates, no one was there. When the captain of the temple guard and the leading priests heard this, they were perplexed, wondering where it would all end. Then someone arrived with startling news. The men you put in jail are standing in the temple teaching the people. The captain went with his temple guards and arrested the apostles, but without violence, for they were afraid the people would stone them. Then they brought the apostles before the high council, where the high priest confronted them. We gave you strict orders, never again to teach in this man's name, he said. Instead, you have filled all Jerusalem with your teaching about him, and you want to make us responsible for his death? But Peter and the apostles replied, We must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead after you killed him by hanging him on a cross. Then God put him in the place of honor at his right hand as prince and savior. He did this so the people of Israel would repent of their sins and be forgiven. We are witnesses of these things and so is the Holy Spirit who is given by God to those who obey him. When they heard this, the high council was furious and decided to kill them. But one member, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, who was an expert in religious law and respected by all people, stood up and ordered that the men be sent outside the council chamber for a while. Then he said to his colleagues, Men of Israel, take care what you are planning to do to these men. Some time ago there was that fellow Theodos who pretended to be someone great. About 400 others joined him, but he was killed, and all his followers went their various ways. The whole movement came to nothing. After him, at the time of the census, there was Judas of Galilee. He got people to follow him, but he was killed too, and all his followers were scattered. So my advice is, leave these men alone. Let them go. If they are planning and doing these things merely on their own, it will soon be overthrown but if it is from God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You may even find yourselves fighting against God. The others accepted his advice. They called in the apostles and had them flogged. Then they ordered them never again to speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. The apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they continued to teach and preach this message.
2: First Chronicles chapter eight. Benjamin's first son was Bila, the second was Ashbel, the third was Ahara, the fourth was Nahoa, and the fifth was Rapha. The sons of Bila were Adar, Gera, Abihud, Abeshua, Naaman, Ohoah, Gera, Shafufan, and Huram. The sons of Ehad, leaders of the clans living in Giba, were exiled to Manahath. Ehad's sons were Naaman, Ahijah, and Gera. Gera, who led them into exile, was the father of Uzzah and Ahihad. After Sheharaim divorced his wives, Husham and Ba'arah, he had children in the lands of Moab. His wife Hodash gave birth to Jobab, Zibiah, Misha, Malcolm, Jehuz, Sekiah, and Mirmah. These sons all became the leaders of clans. Sheharaim's wife Husham had already given birth to Abitab and Apal. The sons of Hapael were Eber, Misham, Shemed, who built the towns of Ono and Lod and their nearby villages, Bariah and Shema. They were the leaders of the clans living in Aeogelon, and they drove out the inhabitants of Gath. Ahio, Sheshach, Jeremoth, Jebediah, Arad, Eder, Michael, Isfat, Ishpa, and Joah were the sons of Bariah. Jebediah, Mushulam, Hiskai, Heber, Ishmeriah, Isleah, and Jobab were the sons of Elpal. Jacob, Zichri, Zabdi, Elianai, Zelathei, Eliel, Adiah, Baraiah, and Shimrath were the sons of Shimei. Ishpan, Eber, Eliel, Abdin, Zikri, Hanan, Hananiah, Elam, Anthathijah, Iftaiah, and Penuel were the sons of Sheshach. Shamsherai, Shehariah, Ethaliah, Jerushiah, Elijah, and Zikri were the sons of Jerohim. These were the leaders of the ancestral clans. They were listed in their genealogical records, and they all lived in Jerusalem. Jeiel, the father of Gibeon, lived in the town of Gibeon. His wife's name was Maeka, and his oldest son was Abdon. Jeiel's other sons were Zer, Kish, Baal, Ner, Nadab, Gedor, Ahio, Zechariah, and Milkoth, who was the father of Shimeon. All these families lived near each other in Jerusalem. Ner was the father of Kish. Kish was the father of Saul. Saul was the father of Jonathan, Melchishua, Abinadab, and Eshbaal. Jonathan was the father of Merib-Baal. Merib-Baal was the father of Micah. Micah was the father of Pithon, Melech, Teriah, and Ahaz. Ahad was the father of Jada. Jada was the father of Elameth, Asmaveth, and Zimri. Zimri was the father of Moza. Moza was the father of Benieh. Benieh was the father of Repha'iah. Repha'iah was the father of Eliasa. Eliasa was the father of Azel. Azel had six sons, Azrakim, Bakaru, Ishmael, Shere'iah, Obadiah, and Hanan. These were the sons of Azel. Azel's brother Ishik had three sons. The first was Ulam, the second was Jeush, and the third was Eliphalet. Ulam's sons were all mighty warriors and expert archers. They had many sons and grandsons, 150 in all. Chapter 9 So all Israel was listed in the genealogical records in the book of the king of Israel. The people of Judah were exiled to Babylon because they were unfaithful to the Lord. The first of the exiles to return to their property in the former towns were priests, Levites, temple servants, and other Israelites. Some of the people from the tribes of Judah, Benjamin, Ephraim, and Manasseh came and settled in Jerusalem. One family that returned was that of Uthai, son of Amihud, son of Omri, son of Imri, son of Bani, and a descendant of Perez, son of Judah. Others returned from the Shilonite clan, including Asaiah the oldest and his sons. From the Zerahite clan, Jul returned with his relatives. In all, 690 families from the tribe of Judah returned. From the tribe of Benjamin came Salu, son of Meshulam, son of Hodaviah, son of Hashanua, Ibnia, son of Jeroham, Elah, son of Uzai, son of Mikri, and Meshulam, son of Shephetiah, son of Rul, son of Ibnijah. These men were all leaders of clans, and they were listed in their genealogical records. In all, 965 families from the tribe of Benjamin returned. Among the priests who returned were Judea, Jehoiarib, Jakin, Azariah, son of Hilkiah, son of Meshulam, son of Zadok, son of Miraiath, son of Ahitab. Azariah was the chief officer of the house of God. Other returning priests were Adaiah, son of Jeroham, son of Pasher, son of Melchijah, and Maaseah, son of Adiel, son of jezera son of Meshulam, son of Meshulamith, some of Emer, In all, 1,760 priests returned. They were heads of clans and very able men. They were responsible for ministering at the house of God. The Levites who returned were Shemeiah, son of Hashab, son of Azracam, son of Hashabiah, a descendant of Morari, Bakbakar, Harish, Galel, Mataniah, Son of Micah, son of Zikri, son of Asaph, Obadiah, son of Shemaiah, son of Galil, son of Jaduthan, and Berachiah, son of Asa, son of Elkanah, who lived in the area of Natopha. The gatekeepers who returned were Shalom, Achab, Talman, Ahiman, and their relatives. Shalom was the grief gatekeeper. Prior to this time, they were responsible for the king's gate on the east side. These men served as gatekeepers for the camps of the Levites. Shalem was the son of Kori, a descendant of Abiasaph from the clan of Korah. He and his relatives, the Korahites, were responsible for guarding the entrance of the sanctuary, just as their ancestors had guarded the tabernacle in the camp of the Lord. Phineas, son of Eleazar, had been in charge of the gatekeepers in earlier times, and the Lord had been with him. And later, Zechariah, son of Shallumiah, was responsible for guarding the entrance to the tabernacle. In all, there were two hundred and twelve gatekeepers in those days, and they were listed according to their genealogies and their villages. David and Samuel, the seer, had appointed their ancestors because they were reliable men. These gatekeepers and their descendants, by their divisions, were responsible for guarding the entrance to the house of the Lord when the house was a tent. The gatekeepers were stationed on all four sides, east, west, north, and south. Their relatives in the villages came regularly to share their duties for seven-day periods. The four chief gatekeepers, all Levites, were trusted officials for they were responsible for the rooms and treasures at the house of God. They would spend the night around the house of God since it was their duty to guard it and open the gates every morning. Some of the gatekeepers were assigned to care for the various articles used in worship. They checked them in and out to avoid any loss. Others were responsible for furnishings the items in the sanctuary, and the supplies such as choice flour, wine, olive oil, frankincense, and spices. But it was the priests who blended the spices. Mattathiah was a Levite and the oldest son of Shalom, the Korahite. He was entrusted with baking the bread used in the offerings. And some members of the clan of Kohath were in charge of preparing the bread to be set on the table each Sabbath day. The musicians, all prominent Levites, lived at the temple. They were exempt from other responsibilities since they were on duty at all hours. All these men lived in Jerusalem. They were the heads of Levite families and were listed as prominent leaders in their genealogical records. Jail, the father of Gibeon, lived in the town of Gibeon. His wife's name was Maekah, and his oldest son was named Abdon. Jehiel's other sons were Zer, Kish, Baal, Ner, Nabed, Nadab, Gedor, Ahio, Zechariah, and Michloth. Michloth was the father of Shimeim. All these families lived near each other in Jerusalem. Ner was the father of Kish. Kish was the father of Saul. Saul was the father of Jonathan. Malkishua, Abinadab, and Ishbaal. Jonathan was the father of Mary Baal. Mirabeal was the father of Micah. The sons of Micah were Pithon, Melech, Teriah, and Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Jada. Jada was the father of Elameth, Azmaveth, and Zimri. Zimri was the father of Moza. Mosa was the father of Benia. Benia's son was Raphaiah. Raphaiah's son was Eliasa. Eliasa's son was Azel. Azel had six sons whose names were Ezrakam, Bokaru, Ishmael, Shuriah, Obadiah,